welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. it's so good to continue our series today called God's Got This. I'm sure you enjoyed Pastor Neil's message last week. A great setup for this series as he looked at the life of Joseph. You know this thought, God's got this, you can say that in two different ways. That there could be a time in life when you are faith-filled and so optimistic that you're just convinced that God's got this. Or maybe you find yourself at the end of your tether, totally helpless and resigned. God's got this. Unless God comes through, then there is no other source of help or hope. You know, in every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in, whether good or not so good, You can trust in God's care. You can trust in his ability to be faithful, to be loving, to be caring, and to help you in whatever you are facing today. So I'm looking forward to continue this series, God's Got This, today. And I want today to look at another character in the Old Testament. His name is Abraham. And he was someone who went on a journey of discovering and knowing who God is. And today we're going to go on a little bit of a journey as well. But have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've been quite frustrated or agitated or anxious? Or maybe you've lacked a little bit of patience. Something's been going on and and maybe you've seen yourself just pacing the floor a little bit. It's maybe when you've been standing in the queue at a supermarket and you're in a rush and you're just waiting to get to the checkout and you're just desperate for it to move forward and you end up just kind of standing on the spot but you're walking back and forth or maybe you've been sitting waiting for the phone to ring and you're just tapping your fingers waiting for it to ring and you've been a little bit agitated and you just can't stay still or maybe you've um, got children in your life, toddlers that just cannot sit at still for one moment and you are even frustrated with them for not being able to stay still. Well, in Psalm 46, we, we read these words, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. I think that scripture really encapsulates the thought of our series, God's got this. This is not an invitation to some sort of silent, reflective worship. No, this is God speaking and making a declaration that he is victorious. Be still and know that I am God. Uh, He is talking here to the wicked nations at the time and letting them know 
that give up. There's no point trying to come against me and my plans and my purposes because I am victorious and I will destroy and rule over all things because I am God. I wonder today if you find yourself sort of anxious on the edge, trying to figure everything out, trying to work everything out, be in control of everything. Can I remind you, God's still on the throne. He's still victorious. And you can be still in this moment knowing that He is God. God has got this. You need to remember today that He's still in charge, that He's still the ultimate authority, that he still sits on the throne in heaven and he still rules the earth. He is still in charge. He's able, he's faithful, and he will not fail. How much do you know about God? Well, how much do you need to know about God? I remember when I went to Bible college, I thought I, I knew quite a lot about God. But by the time I left Bible college, I realized I didn't really know that much at all. If I can go further back to when I was studying our religious education in secondary school, and part of that was theology, and, and one of my essays, I had actually written that God is sovereign. And the teacher took me to the front of the class and asked me to explain, well, what does that mean? And in front of the whole class, I fumbled and tried to sort and make sense of what I had written in my essay. And it's one of those things that is sort of hard to kind of make sense of. But good news, I know now that God is in ultimate control, that He is above all things, and He knows the end from the beginning, and you can trust him in every circumstance and in every situation. Do you know that God is loving, even when you maybe don't feel that lovable? Do you know that God is caring, even when you think that no one else cares? Do you know that he is all-knowing, that he is aware of even your thoughts right now? Do you know that he is everywhere at the same time? He's here where I am, and he's with you where you are today, and he's all around our world. He's in Turkey at that earthquake. He's in Ukraine in that war zone. He is everywhere all at the same time. Do you know that he's all-powerful? Do you know that he is faithful to the very end? Do you know him? Because one of the ways that we struggle with the the ability that God is in control of everything is because we have got such a small God in our minds that we think he's just for us and our world and what's happening with me, but actually he is over it all. And he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can even imagine. That's who he is. Paul wrote, I want to know Christ. Paul knew Christ. He had an encounter with him on the Damascus Road when he saw the resurrected Jesus who spoke to him and commissioned him. He knew Jesus. He, he preached in 
synagogues and temples and houses and told people about who Jesus is. He, he wrote most of the New Testament. He tells us about how he's holding the universe all together, but yet he says, I want to know Christ. Paul had realized that he was on this journey and he'd only just scraped the surface of how great and how awesome Jesus is. And can I ask you today, do you know who God is? Do you know him? Have you got that burning desire within you that you want to know him more? That you are willing to go on that journey to realize that he sees the end from the beginning. He sees the full picture. He knows the bigger story. And he knows exactly what's going on in your world today. He is working all things together for his purpose. As I said today, we're going to look at a character in the Bible called Abraham. And Abraham is known as faithful Abraham. Known as a friend of God. And when God first called Abraham, Abraham, he called him and gave him a promise of land and many descendants. He comes to him and he tells him that he was going to inherit a land, a place that would be his own, and God was going to give him many descendants. But Abraham goes on this journey through his lifetime of discovering and knowing who God is. And as he goes on this journey of following the leading of God, he understands in a greater way who God is. We can see that when he trusted in God's faithfulness, things went well in his life. But when he tried to take back control and he tried to be in charge, that's when, that's when he got in trouble. Now we have the benefit of looking back and seeing God's hand in Abraham's life, and learning how we too can trust in God in every circumstance. Can we turn today to Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read just a few verses from this faith in action portion, the hall of faith about Abraham from verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger living in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Can you look back in your life and see God's hand? What I mean by that is that almost as you reflect on your life story and your faith journey up to this point, you, you can see certain things that happened and it's almost like God's hand. He was moving things into position. People just seemed to come into your world at the right time. Opportunity just seemed to open up. For some reason, you had a connection with someone that led to something else. You can just see how God's hand was in your life and it's really easy or easier looking back to see that, but in the moment, sometimes it can be really difficult to see how God's hand is in your life. Can I say that God is in your life today? He is moving and doing a great work, 
behind the scenes that maybe you do not see, but he is involved in your life. And he is leading you and conforming you and bringing you to a place where you can align with his purpose for your life. See, it's easy to look back and see what God's doing, but today we need to know that he is in charge today as well. He is in control. And for Abraham, it all began, this journey of knowing God, by saying yes. We've just read that he was led to a place where he did not even know what it was. But the Bible says he obeyed and went. He leaves home. He leaves everything that he knew up until this point and follows God literally into the unknown. He was on a great adventure. Have you ever left your home, or maybe even a room, and thought to yourself, where am I going? Why am I even in the car? Why have I went through into this other part of my home? Have you ever gone to a place where you just have got absolutely no idea where you're going? You just knew that you had to go somewhere. Well, Abraham is on this adventure where he says yes to God and he trusts God with the details. He doesn't know the destination. He doesn't know how they're going to get there or where they're going to go. He just said yes to God. I wonder today, are you living your life with a big yes to God? By just saying to God every day, I don't know the details, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I want your will and your plan to be revealed in me. I say yes to you. Abraham was willing to step out in faith without the details, without the directions. He just said yes. <coughs> he was up for the adventure. And he was willing to take that step. I wonder today, are you asking the question, where are we going? Where's the place? See, Abraham, Hebrews says, they didn't even know the destination, the name of the place. It was the place. Are you asking, where's the place? Or are you saying, yes, I'll take that step. I will follow you. I will trust you. And as you begin to see yes, you begin to learn and know more about who God is. There's one instance, just quite briefly after this, when famine um, arrives in the land and they have to go to Egypt. And whilst in Egypt, Abraham is a little bit nervous that the Egyptians are going to fancy his wife, Sarah. So he says to Sarah, look, we'll let everybody know that you're just my sister. Now, technically, they were half brother or sister, so a bit of a half-truth. But this is an example of Abraham trying to take back control and trying to be in charge of how things were going to play out rather than just being surrendered to God and saying, you're in charge. Lord, you've led us here into Egypt. We trust in you. We're obeying your plan. We're saying yes. And here we see how the importance of our choices Abraham made the choice to tell a half-truth rather than just being honest. And when the Egyptians find out that actually Sarah was Abraham's wife, they're like, why have you done this? You need to return back to your land. And he gets back to the land. You see, God got him to the destination even through the bad choices that Abraham made. See, here we see uh, one of the great paradoxes in the Bible. It's a parallel truth. 
two truths that are running alongside each other, like train tracks, but they never seem to cross over. On one hand, we've got that God is sovereign. He is above it all. He knows the end from the beginning. He sees it all. He knows what's going to happen. He is sovereign. It's the scripture that we read in Ephesians chapter 1, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. But on the other hand, the other track, the other truth is that God gave us free will, the ability to choose. See, we are not robots. We are not pre-programmed. We have the ability to have a desire to choose to do what God wants us to do. And it's our choices that God can use and redeem to get us to where he wants us to be. Just the last week, I was driving to Inverurie. Just if you're watching overseas or afar, it's a place that's maybe 45 minutes from Peterhead where we are. And I've driven that road on many times and taken the same route there. And I got to a place called Pitmedin and the road was blocked and I had to find a different way to get to Inverurie. And as I took this new route, it actually took me into a different side of Inverurie and I saw things on the way that I'd never seen before. But I ended up at the same destination. I just took a different route. I wonder if we were in church on Sunday, I'd ask everyone, how did you get to church today? How did you get here? And some people would have went down the main street. Some people might have took the bus. Some people might have traveled further away. Some people took enough different route, but everybody got to the same destination. Everyone had a desire to be here. They maybe took different routes, but they ended up at the destination. And in our lives, we sometimes make choices that take us on different routes and routes and paths, but ultimately, God will get us to our destination. See, that's the paradox. God is sovereign, and he's given us a free will, and he can redeem even our choices to get us to where he wants us to be. And maybe you find yourself in a moment in life right now, and you have taken a wrong turn and it feels like you're on a different road and you feel like, what well, am I even in God's will or what's going on? Well, you can, you can keep, come back to that point of the destination. Seek God, put him first, look to honor him and he'll bring you into his plan and purpose. See, maybe today you're, you're wondering, well, if God knows everything and God's got it all worked out, why do we even... Why don't we just sit on our hands and just leave him to do it all? Why, why pray? What's the point in praying if God's already determined what's going to happen? Well, you know in the Bible we read in James chapter 4 verse 2 that you have not because you ask not. There are some things that God is waiting for you to ask him to do. And maybe you today are finding yourself in a situation and you are just waiting for God to do everything for you, and God is bringing you to that place where you realize that you need to call upon him. You need to ask him for wisdom. You need to ask him for help. You need to ask him for that breakthrough. And when he sees your faith, when he sees the desire within you, he will respond and answer your prayer. You have not because you ask not. 
I remember a few years ago when my, my dad was going through open heart surgery, which we didn't see coming. It wasn't expected. It wasn't planned, but it was necessary. And during a time when that operation was happening, it was prayer and fasting. My goodness, what a perfect timing that was. And I remember during that time really just pressing in and just trusting God and being completely at his and mercy, really, that, God, you are in control of this. This could go either way, but I trust you. And, you know, I, I, I had to get to a point where I had to surrender that situation because I can't do open-heart surgery. I, I can't do anything like that, but I can pray, and I can trust God. And, you know, through that experience, I think, if I'm being honest, reflecting now, I can see that God just revealed to me or showed me just how faithful he is. And I learned to appreciate faithfulness of God. He is with us. And no matter what the outcome is, how it goes, good or bad, he's always, always with us. There's just something so liberating when you realize God's sovereign. God is in ultimate control. He is in charge. And he's a good guy to have in charge. far better than me. And it releases this burden of trying to figure everything out and trying to make everything happen and just trying to spin all the plates and cross all the T's and dot all the I's and just realizing that God's got this, that he is in control and whatever happens, I can trust you. You see, Abraham, the Bible tells us, is in this place where he arrives in the land and we read in verse Nine, that it was by faith he made his home in the promised land. He, he made his home. They lived in tents. He was like a stranger in a foreign, a foreign land, but he was, he was home. He was at home. Surely if he was at home, he wouldn't be a stranger. But Abraham, even at this point on his journey, had understood that this life in the natural and everything that we see around us and everything that's going on in our lives is only temporary. There is a bigger story, that there is a fuller picture, that there is an eternity, and there is a God that sees the end from the beginning, a God that is aware of everything that is going on, and he lived his life knowing that this is not it. There is more. And in that, he knew that the things that didn't make sense today, the things that he didn't understand, he could look forward to a future when everything will be made right. Now, the Bible says in Romans 8 that God is working all things together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Even when life is not good, God is still working things for your good. See, he never settled there. Although that was his home and although that was the promised land, he knew that there was something more and something greater. And the next scripture tells us this, that it was by faith he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See, whilst he was there in the land, he didn't settle. They didn't put down foundations. They built temporary structures, tents which they lived in. But he looked ahead to a city, a city whose foundations 
and its builder and architect is God. God is building a city. That's where I want to be. That's what I want to have in my mind. That God is building something permanent. Something that is not made by human hands and has the ability to shake or fall down like a building in an earthquake, but is unshakable. That is made according to the plans, the perfect plan that God has made. He kept on looking forward. And maybe in life right now, you are looking at the tents and you are looking at the temporary and you are so focused on what is going on here and now that you're forgetting that there is a bigger story. There's a fuller picture that there is a God that is above it all and it is working all things together for good. He kept looking forward. He kept looking for that city. In Psalm 46, where we read earlier that to be still and know that I am God, it begins by saying, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble, and then goes on to say that there is a city and there is a river, and that river makes the city glad. And we can look to that city today, knowing that there is more than just what we see today, but there is a future, there is an eternity when every wrong will be made right. And all the things we don't understand today, all the things that we can't comprehend, all the things we wish we could change and wish we could do differently, we can trust that God has got this. But the problem is that we get so caught up in the tents we get so caught up in the now that sometimes, if we're honest, we forget there's a bigger picture. God has got this. Be still and know that I am God. That's a declaration of victory. God is victorious. And we can have confidence today that no matter what we face, we can trust in his care. And just to come together this, this time, when Abraham arrives in the land, he gets to a place called Shechem, and the first thing he does is he builds an altar, and he worships the Lord. He gets to a place of surrender. And as you're watching me today, and maybe you can relate to being anxious and trying to figure everything out and you can't stay still and you're just trying to do everything. And if you've been honest, you haven't been saying yes to God. You've been trying to control everything. And, and it's almost like you're stuck in this place. You've settled amongst the tents and you're not looking forward to a city. Well, can we get back to the altar today and lay all that down, lay all that stuff. Maybe you're concerned about your family and maybe you have been almost raising them up and trying to fix them or make sure everything's good, your family and everything's perfect, the picture perfect family. Or maybe it's in your work, you've just been trying to succeed and you're trying to get up the ladder and all your focus is in your work. Maybe it's in your schooling and you're just so obsessed with making sure you get the straight A's and everything's going to be perfect and it must be like this and we've got to do that. Maybe you're looking at your bank balance at the moment. You're thinking, oh God, you need to help me here. And you're just looking at the tents. You're forgetting 
about the city? Or can we come to the altar today and lay all that down and lift our hands in a sign of surrender and as an act of worship to God and ask Him as we worship to, oh, remind us of that city. Remind us of the city that has foundations that are unshakable, that you have built and that you are its architect. Help us to, to think beyond the here and now and see behind and know that you are in our lives. You are on the throne. You're in control of it all. And we pray for you as you surrender right now. Lord, into your hands we place all these things, Lord. We say sorry, Lord, for times when we've tried to hold on to stuff and tried to be in control. We trust you. We thank you that you're faithful, that we can depend on you in all things at all times. So, Lord, we lay it down, and we just want to say yes to you today. Forgive us for times when we've settled. And forgive us, Lord, for, for maybe just looking at the tense and looking at the now. We choose to look forward people of faith, people that are looking into the future, knowing that you have already gone before us and we can trust you. And also if you're watching today, and I've told you that Abraham's journey was all a journey of getting to know God. And maybe you don't know Jesus. You don't know him as your friend. You don't know him as your savior. You don't know him as your Lord. Well, Jesus wants to know you. That's why he came into the world, because he wants to know you. And he wants you to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. So that's why Jesus died on the cross, so that you could be forgiven of your sin. And in that moment, upon the cross, as he lays down his life, he's paying the penalty and taking the punishment for your sin. All those bad choices that you have made, things that don't honor God and have only maybe pleased you temporarily. He died for it all so that you could be forgiven restored into right relationship with the Father in heaven, receive the promise of eternal life forever. Hey, if that's you, you say, Daniel, I, I want to know that Jesus is my friend, he's my savior. I want to know that. I want to know Jesus. And just pray this prayer sincerely. Say, Jesus, I want to know you as my friend, as my savior. I, I realize I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my old life. Help me to live a life that pleases you. I realize that you are risen from the dead and I confess you are my Lord. Help me to follow you every day from now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.